From the campus of Gardner-Webb University in beautiful Boiling Springs, North Carolina, this is Bulldog Dialogue. Hello everybody, Gardner-Webb University President William Downs here. Today we're pleased to bring our first presidential podcast to you in hopes of staying better connected with the students, faculty, staff, alumni, and friends of GWU. You are the members of Bulldog Nation and we are eager to keep you updated on all things Gardner-Webb. Bulldog Dialogue will be a regular 30-minute podcast introducing you to the people and programs that make our university so special. And on today's show, we welcome two big people on campus, two big dogs, if you will. Our new provost and vice president for academic affairs, Dr. Karen Aubrey, and then later we'll be joined by head football coach, Trey Lamb. All that in today's best GWU tweets right around the corner, so stay right here. Dr. Karen Aubrey joined Gardner-Webb University just a few weeks ago, and she's off to a very fast start. She has 30 years of experience in higher education, and she's been working since 2007 in administrative leadership positions. Her extensive academic and administrative experience includes such areas as curriculum development, experiential learning, outreach, shared governance, and resource management. Welcome to Gardner-Webb, Dr. Aubrey. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right. Just a couple quick questions to, to get folks to know you a little bit better. Talk to us a little bit about your pathway to Boiling Springs, your pathway to Gardner-Webb, and then the, the follow-up question will be for those folks who may not know, what does a provost do? Well, my pathway is taking me across the South, uh, starting in Arkansas, Mississippi, Georgia, and now North Carolina. Uh, I've always been devoted to education. I knew that wanted that I wanted that to be my career, and uh, I just uh, love being in a leadership position at an institution, especially a liberal arts institution and one that has a Christian heritage. What does a provost do? Yeah, what's a provost? Wow. So that changes from day to day. It depends on what's happening that day. Um, I think a provost really. Uh, helps to solve problems, helps to uh, facilitate activities and conditions so that the faculty can teach the students, can help the students have um, an excellent education. Uh, And I think a provost uh, helps to further the mission of the institution. So in broad terms, I think that's what I do on a daily basis. So a full plate, never going to get boring. Never, never boring. All right, so you keep keep coming back each day, and we're delighted and thankful for that. What have you learned about GWU in your first few weeks here on the job? One of the main things I've learned about Gardner-Webb is that it has a long history and many faculty and staff with deep connections. Many have wanted to tell me the story of their connection to GWU and to Boiling Springs. So this institution has done some amazing things, and I believe will continue to do so. Uh, I've learned that this is indeed a welcoming campus that I thought it would be, and we have many choices of academic programs and co-curricular opportunities for students. And then even though people had talked about the connection with community, the Webstock event that we had showed me that the campus and the community have a truly strong relationship 
Outstanding. Let's talk about some of the strengths and opportunities that you've observed here at Gardner Web. Have you seen things that you think we can do to innovate, uh, things, strengths that we can leverage to make Gardner Web and the academic experience that much more powerful and impactful? One of the first things I notice is uh, we don't have very many grants. And uh, for a campus this size, we're not doing much with the pursuit of grants. So I've heard all kinds of wonderful ideas from faculty about enhancing student spaces, academic spaces, and various academic opportunities. And if we connect some of those ideas to the right external funding sources, we can accomplish a lot. And it's not that hard to do. We've also got opportunities in program growth. Every institution of higher education has to be nimble and always changing to keep up with technology and the developing needs in the world. The world doesn't stand still, so stasis just isn't an option. As times change, we need to grow in all the ways that provide students the education that fits contemporary needs, but that also anticipates as much as possible the needs that will arise in the next few decades. And it's not just technological needs, but social needs, health needs, delivery methods for creative work. It can be a challenge to anticipate future trends, but that's where we need to be and can be in our thinking about academic programs at the undergraduate and graduate levels. And then I see such potential in the talents of our faculty. We have a wealth of expertise on campus and the willingness to explore intellectually and creatively. Not every campus has that essential ingredient to build upon. So we can look at ways to create new interdisciplinary combinations that could really build on those strengths. And then in a more general way, we have a stunningly beautiful campus. Every time I've walked across it, I see students out enjoying the frisbee golf, the walking paths, the sports fields. If we could keep our weekends and summers as full of vitality as our fall and spring, that could really benefit our students. You talk about our outstanding faculty. Um, you know, we're very, very proud of what goes on inside the classroom. 21st century higher education is all, all about building signature learning experiences for students beyond the classroom. How, how do you think we, we create and perhaps accelerate some of that student learning beyond the confines of, of our classrooms? Well, I, I do think that uh, experiential learning, high-impact practices are some of the most powerful educational experiences we can give our students. And the first thing that springs to mind are internships. There are all kinds of opportunities for internships. I mean, we're in a great location for some major, major cities, major industries, but we also have virtual opportunities with internships now, so you don't have to drive somewhere. But internships appeal to students, parents, future employers, and I think they teach the, the types of real-life skills that begin as ideas in the classroom. And they also build confidence in students and create valuable networking for career pathways. Experiential learning of other kinds, um, I, I think, is really essential for our students. Uh, like Webb in Washington, what a life-changing opportunity that would be for students. Study away or undergraduate research. 
I think those kinds of active learning experience test parts of ourselves in unpredictable ways, and they cause us to grow. And then just getting our students to be actively engaged with campus, whether it's a co-curricular activity, academic enrichment event, or just engaging with other students on campus, that engagement creates a bond, it fosters conversations, and it broadens a student's perspective. So, so I just see many ways that we can, we can enhance the student's education outside the classroom. So Gardner-Webb University, we, we've been around for 117 years. Um, we are a, a private liberal arts university with a strong faith component. Uh, we see ourselves as, as being quite distinctive. Uh, what excites you about those distinctive characteristics of a private liberal arts faith-based university? I've always been at a liberal arts institution as a student and then for the entirety of my career. Um, I have a strong, strong uh, belief that liberal arts education builds strong foundations Strong foundations for us to be good decision makers, to be good citizens, to be good humans. Um, I think it provides all of the skill sets that employers are looking for. So it excites me to know that we're providing that for students, helping to give them pathways to a better life and a life with more options. It was my pathway to a better life. And then a liberal arts campus is so interesting to be a part of. There's always something going on. Art shows, music, plays, all kinds of research, speakers, sporting events. Just the sheer variety is fun, as is meeting and talking with people with all kinds of different backgrounds and life experiences. I think that sort of diversity that you find on a liberal arts campus is good and makes each day an adventure. The faith component of Gardner-Webb is the glue that binds it all together. The love, compassion, devotion, and deep caring that our students, faculty, and staff share really transforms the campus. It's assuring to feel that we are all moving towards similar goals and values that will inform everything else that we do in life. And those shared values help us to understand each other and work together. So exit question. Um, You've spent a good bit of your, your life and your career down in the wonderful state of Georgia. I did the same. Um, what have you figured out about your new home here in North Carolina? And perhaps this is where you tell me and our audience that North Carolina barbecue is indeed better than Georgia's. <laughs> well, I, I got to first mention the beautiful sunsets, just some really wonderful sunsets in North Carolina um, and an unlimited seemingly unlimited number of hiking opportunities. Uh, I, I grew up in the foothills of the Ozarks in Arkansas, then uh, spent much time closer to the coast. So uh, North Carolina makes me realize how much I've missed the mountains. And the food, okay, barbecue. <laughs> Having had barbecue, Arkansas, Mississippi, Georgia, <laughs> now North Carolina, uh, I don't know what the North Carolina techniques are, but it has got to be the best that I've had. Boom. And then, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, of course, I, I can't forget to mention liver mush as well. <laughs> I didn't know what liver mush was until I moved here. But have you tried it? I have not, but I'm going to. 
All right, listeners, there's a challenge. She's going to do it. Well, listen, Dr. Karen Aubrey, Bulldog Nation welcomes you. We are excited to have you join our team, our community, our family. We wish you incredible success in all you're doing leading our academic programs. And uh, we'll be there to get you that first dish of liver mush. So thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Karen Aubrey. Welcome back, Bulldog Nation. We are now joined by Trey Lamb, head coach of the Running Bulldog football team. He's in the house with us. He's going into his third year at Gardner-Webb. And, uh, Coach, we're so glad you're here, and I'm excited to talk football with you. And I guess the first thing is, um, this is your first spring. This is the first chance you've had to have a real spring. What, what kind of difference has that made for you? Yeah, so, you know, we played – literally two seasons in, in one calendar year when I first got here with the COVID spring season of four games and then the 11-game schedule. So our guys needed a little bit of a Christmas break, uh, took about four weeks off, and we have really hit the ground running with spring practice and, and training, and um, our guys are really busting their tails, get in shape. And, you know, the off season people don't realize how important the off season is in football with the recruiting, the development. Um, you know, we train – literally about 300 days a year and we only get 11 opportunities you know other sports you know you play 30 40 50 games our guys train for 11 guaranteed opportunities uh, with playoff games after that hopefully playing 15 games this year but um, there, our guys really have worked really hard and and we build our team in the off season so so the product you see on Saturdays was built in January February March April May uh, leading up to it. And it's very um, strategized and how we attack those months. And um, our strength coach has done a great job. I'm just excited to watch our team play, and, and they deserve uh, a lot of success this year. So you've got a, a big-time schedule. Talk to us a little bit about who's on that schedule, who we're playing at home, and where we're traveling to. Yeah, just super excited about our schedule, first of all. Um, the challenge that lays in front of us has, has really given us a reason to wake up in the morning um, – with, with uh, you know, fire in our bellies and, and the ability to compete against three great opponents this fall, uh, three FBS teams, Division One FBS teams. Obviously, we're at the FCS level, uh, the old Division One AA. We're playing three Division One A teams this year on the road in Coastal Carolina, uh, Liberty, and Marshall. I think both teams – I mean, all three of those teams could be ranked in the national top 25 at some point this year, which is huge for us. We get a chance to – play, uh, be on SportsCenter, get a chance to be on ESPN2, ESPN3 maybe, um, just get in front of a, a, a national audience and, and put our product out there. And why not lay it on the line and, and, and go for broke in those games and try to win them? Um, opportunity to compete against guys that are going to get drafted in the NFL, um, teams with 85 scholarships, I love that underdog role. And, and we're going to go in there and try to win those football games. Outside of that, uh, we've got – Eight other games on our schedule. You know, we've got Limestone, who's a local uh, local team out of out of Gaffney, Spartanburg area, um, coming up here on a Thursday night to open the season, which I'm super excited about, September 1st. And then we also have um, our conference games and, and two out-of-conference games that are really going to be great challenges in Elon and Mercer. Uh, Mercer will start the season ranked in the top 25 in our division. Elon, of course, uh, was my first victory as a head coach last spring. 
uh, when we beat those guys here at home. So they'll be out for blood, and, and I like that too. So um, we presented the schedule to our guys, and, and we said, look, this is what it is. It's a tough schedule, and that's how we like it. And um, our guys are really working hard to, to achieve great things this fall. So I love what we've done uh, with our games. I love it too. Play anybody, anywhere, anytime. Um, rumor has it, Coach, that you have secured Gardner Webb's first four-star recruit. Can you talk to us about that, and then more generally about uh, recruitment and the transfer portal? Yeah. So uh, we we signed a kid uh, last week. Um, he was committed to LSU. LSU had a coaching change. Um, they decided to go to the portal. This kid was left without a home. We've been recruiting this this guy since. Uh, really, when Brian Kelly got the job in LSU, uh, we've been recruiting this kid since since Brian Kelly got hired, thinking this may happen. Uh, he visited Indiana two weeks ago, uh, ends up coming to us last week and signing scholarship papers. So super excited about him. He's our first four-star recruit. He was a top 100 recruit nationally. Um, you know, not to get too detailed with the transfer portal, but we're able to sign probably higher ranked and, and better high school players uh, at this level. And, and recruiting is competitive. Like, people don't understand how competitive recruiting is. You have to go spend time with these players and their families and, and take them out to eat and, 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 you know, give them a desirable experience, especially in this day and age. Uh, recruiting is competitive. And if you win in recruiting, there's a good chance you're going to win in the fall. Um, year in, year out, because our development's going to be there um, for our players. Uh, we also signed a kid, uh, 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 the number 24 player in the state of Georgia, a linebacker um, that'll be with us this fall, a high school player. He was committed to Cincinnati at one point. They played in the college football playoff this year. So we're recruiting guys that we would normally not get because there's a trickle-down effect. Everybody's going to that transfer portal to take – ready-made players uh, for depth purposes. So we're able to get some high school players and, and take the time to develop them and, and get them graduated here with a degree um, and, and keep them here. So I'm very excited about recruiting the high school player. We have had a few transfers. I think we signed six this year. Uh, but, but I am still focused on signing high school players and developing them in, into what we want them to be. So uh, it's been really good to us. It's given an, us an opportunity to change the roster faster than we probably would have been able to in a normal normal circumstances. I know one of your priorities when you first got to Gardner-Webb was to make sure that we were successful recruiting in our own backyard. Uh, there's a lot of talent in Western North Carolina and across the state. Any success in that so far? Yeah, so we've got eight guys that we've signed so far from Cleveland County, uh, which is great for us. Um, you know, Tyler Arrington will be our starting safety this year. His brother actually just transferred to us from North Carolina A&T. will join our team this summer. So both the Arrington boys are from Shelby. Um, our starting defensive end is from Burns. Um, our backup running back, Jalen Graham, was a star at Crest. Uh, one of our offensive linemen was a star at Kings Mountain. And you can't forget about Gaffney in, in Spartanburg. And the upstate of South Carolina has great players. Asheville has some under-recruited players. Uh, we've got a couple guys from Gastonia, Charlotte, um, our quarterback after this year will, is from Butler in Charlotte, a freshman. So um, we are making sure we win at home first. I promised that when I got this job that we were going to sign kids from this area. And it's my job every year. We want to take at least one or two scholarships and, and get as many good players in this area as possible uh, to attend this, this university because it's going to put people in the stands too. And, and uh, people want to see kids from this area be successful. And why not at a place like Gardner-Webb? Why not? It's Division One football in your backyard. 
and a lot of people don't even realize that, but there is a high level of football played at Spangler Stadium on Saturdays. So given that you're winning the recruitment game, um, where are you placing the highest priority in terms of which, which phase of the game are you hoping to see the greatest improvement? Yeah, I think up front on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, we, we were young. We didn't lose a single starter on the offensive line. We lost a starting defensive end. Um, but up front on both sides of the ball, we've got to grow. Uh, we were a little bit outmatched at times last year. And, and you can't just, uh, you know, flip a switch and, or wave a wand and, and make that happen. Um, it takes training. It takes development. It takes recruitment. Um, and, and we want to finish those close games. You know, I think you got to – you got to lose close before you learn to win close. And, and we lost five games last year by one possession. That's inexcusable. Um, our training mentally has got to be stronger than that. And, and that has been our focus. Like we have talked nonstop about with our guys in the offseason, just about mental uh, fortitude. When things don't go your way, games are going to be close. They're on scholarship too. Their head coach gets paid just like I do. Um, so the games are going to be close, just like the NFL. Every game's decided by – one possession. So we have got to have the mental fortitude to be able to finish drives, finish those games uh, when things get tight. I think it's also understanding situational football. Like these guys don't spend as much time watching football because there's other things to do. So we are training them, you know, situational football is big at this level because it's not like high school. You're not just going to be more talented than the other team. You have to be stronger mentally. You've got to be smarter. Uh, you got to be more physical at times. But finishing those games has been the biggest emphasis um, this offseason. Finish, finish, finish. So one of the things we loved and continue to love so much about you is is the youth and the energy and the vision. And when you came to Gardner-Webb, you brought with you a reputation for offensive innovation. And that's one of the ways a, a Gardner-Webb gets an edge over a team is we, is we surprise them, we innovate, we go after them. Um, what are you doing to keep it fresh? What are you doing in terms of your play calling and, and uh, keeping people rocked back on their heels? Yeah, um, you're going to see us probably go even a little faster this year than we've been going at times. Um, you know, there are times when you got to change tempos and protect your defense and protect your special teams. But I think this year you're going to see a little more uh, pedal to the metal approach um, 80 to 90 percent of the time. You know, we've studied a lot of people this off season. We've got some good players in place where they understand the system, and it's just going to continue to get better year after year. It takes time, and, and I hate to say that, but we are going to absolutely turn the tempo up this year. You're going to see us continue to run trick plays, goofy formations. You know, a lot of coaches reach out and try to get our video and our tape um, so they can watch us a little bit. But we, we learn from other people. I think you're always growing. Um, you know, we, we kind of take the approach of we don't care who gets the credit on offense. Uh, we want all the five skilled players to touch the ball. Um, our quarterback has got to stay healthy. He had a good year last year, but he, he played poorly in a couple games um, and played great in others. So he's got to be more consistent. Uh, he got here in, in June, June, July, so he's now had a, a year with the skilled players to work with them. And they, they throw every day, and, and it's pretty remarkable to watch. Like, these guys are really, really hungry. And um, – they deserve success. So uh, defensively, I, I think we are uh, right where we need to be. We just got to get a little more speed up front, which we feel like we've recruited that. Um, and then, you know, we were we were right there in a lot of games. We got to learn to finish on that side of the ball, create a few more turnovers. And um, today's day and age, you know, you're going to – if you hold them below 25, 21 points, you got a great chance to win the game. So excited about what we got coming back. How important is crowd – 
how important is is um, packing Spangler Stadium game day experience uh, to the kids when they're out there fighting every every play? Yeah, it's huge, and um, it makes a difference on third down, especially on defense. Like when when we turn that music up with our new scoreboard, and we get the crowd going on third down, it, it impacts the other team. It really does because it's the same for us when we go to visiting stadiums. When we go to Coastal Carolina or Liberty or Georgia Southern, those type of places, the atmosphere we want to create, it is hard to it's hard to hear and it's hard to function. Uh, it's another thing you have to practice. You know, if we require other teams, hey, you know, we're going to play at Spangler this week, it could be a little louder than normal. It's kind of in the back of your head as a head coach and a play caller and a quarterback and an offensive lineman, like, hey, this is just another thing, another thing we have to prepare for. Just like if we run a trick play, they now have to prepare for that trick play. Same thing with crowd noise. It's just another part of the game um, where they may have to change their cadence. So it, it's a big it's a big emphasis for us, and, and we talk to our defense more than anything about it. Understand our field's going to look a little different and our helmets are going to look a little different. It's going to be a great uh, visual spectacle at Spangler this fall. Any any excitement on the team about that? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think our kids will really like it. Um, it's a total rebrand, and, and we need it, and, and I'm looking forward to it. And what an exciting time to be a head football coach or a coach in general at Gardner-Webb. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, we've got an administration that cares about sports. We've got a new logo. Um, we are putting money into sports and programs, and we want to be good. And you can tell that when you go into meetings and when you when you see it on the kids' faces. It's just a pleasure to be here, and our, our kids love playing here. And the more fan support we can get, I think it's only going to get better post-pandemic. All right. So exit question, Campbell. Campbell this year. Remember, we did uh, we did a barbecue bowl. We did our inaugural East West North Carolina barbecue bowl last year, and Mrs. Downs and I took some barbecue to Bowie's Creek and fed those young men. Um, we don't want to make that drive this year. Um, what what are the running bulldogs going to do to to make sure that uh, Brad Creed and the fighting camels have to come to Boiling Springs and feed us? Yeah, you know. I, you'd be hard pressed to find someone more competitive than me, maybe Dr. Downs, but um, you talk about embarrassing, just embarrassing for me. Like you got your bosses having to go <laughs> deliver food because you didn't, you didn't execute and you didn't get the job done. So I don't know. There's just a competitive nature in me. I, I just want to win that game a little bit more, you know? Um, I think our kids do too. You know, our, our guys um, were upset about the way it ended last year. You know, we had a chance to win the game. We dropped a punt. Um, with about three minutes left, a tie ball game, and, and they go in and score and then create a turnover and go in and score again. So game was honestly a one-possession game. We had a chance to get, get the ball and take it the distance of the field. Um, but I'm excited to go win up there. Um, I've never been there. I'm looking forward to playing. I think Coach Menner does a good job. But um, that game's going to mean a little more just from a competitive uh you know, competitive heart, and, and I guess most of our guys uh, are excited about that one. November 12th, everybody mark your calendar, second round of the Barbecue Bowl. Thank you, Coach Lamb. Uh, we're delighted you came in and spoke with us today. Uh, glad to have you back and, and excited about September 1 and getting the season kicked off again. So thanks, good luck, and go dogs. Yep, see you all at, Spang at Spangler, so let's go dogs. All right, welcome back, everyone. It's been uh, wonderful speaking today with our new provost as well as our returning head football coach. We're going to wrap up this inaugural podcast by uh, delving a little bit into some social media. Uh, Gardner Webb is out there on all platforms. 
Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and probably more than that. Uh, and we've pulled a few tweets and things going on in the Gardner Web world that just wanted to share with you before we wrap up. And the first one um, is a tweet. Actually, I think I posted this one. I'm out there, Gardner Web president uh, on Twitter. And um, it's an invitation. And it's a countdown. We are, at least on the day of recording, 140 days away from opening kickoff for the 2022 football campaign. And I want to encourage all of our football fans and all of our athletic sporters out there to go to GWUsports.com and get your season tickets now. They are on sale and also um, on sale and available are tickets to all of our away games. If you want to make the trek to Coastal Carolina or Liberty or Elon, join us for a great tailgate, GWUsports.com. You may know that in the last year, we added a new live mascot, our wonderful Bo the Bulldog. And Bo has a Twitter. Bo tweets, the GWU Bulldog. And uh, Bo tweeted out recently his thanks to uh, new friends at Crest Middle School of Technology for inviting him and for scratching his ears, apparently, uh, here on the tweet. And I just want, want to follow that up by letting folks around Cleveland County and our uh, neighborhood here know that if you'd like Bo to join you, um, you can invite Bo to come visit Bo the Bulldog. Request an appearance with Bo. If you go uh, follow Gardner Webb on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you'll find a way to invite Bo uh, to your next big event. And finally, folks, each year for the past seven years, we've done something called Double Dog Day. Double Dog Day is our 24-hour sprint for fundraising for our students, our faculty, our staff to make our programs the best possible, to offer everyone a world-class education and championship-quality teams. I want to shout out to everybody, um, all those who gave uh, of their time and their financial uh, means to help us raise 766 thousand dollars in one single 24-hour effort so thank you everyone in bulldog nation for that generosity for staying in touch with your alma mater with your local college uh, we will do good things with that money and we will make you proud uh, that's all over twitter that's all over instagram that's all over facebook we invite you to to follow us um, to share your gardener web experiences with us on social media tell your friends to join us on social media. Okay, folks, that is all for now on our inaugural uh, Bulldog Dialogue show. Uh, join me, President William Downs, again next time. Uh, we look forward to doing this again. And until then, Sco Dogs. <laughs>